2: From the TOJ Digital Studios, coming to you courtesy of CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network, which has 24-7 live coverage of sports and costs you absolutely nothing, 100% free at all times, loaded with the things that I always look for in sports coverage, highlights, breaking news, fantasy advice, gambling picks, although I don't know that they're going to be as good as my brother Craig's, but still useful, and quality analysis, All those things are first rate on the CBS Sports HQ, and they're not something that you get very often from a lot of these big-time sports personalities, (laughs) Skip Bayless. And the best part is not only is it completely free 24-7, it doesn't even require a subscription or a login. You just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, and any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans, just like you get here on Play Like a Jet, at the great price of absolutely nothing. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is the Chronicles of Nannia. So for that, we bring in the resident stat nerd over at TurnOnTheJets.com, Elite Sports New York, Gangrene Nation, Yard Barker. And of course, he now does work with the very big deal Chris Nimbley over at JetsInsider.com. Mr. Michael Mania. Hey, Michael. What's going on, buddy?
0: Uh, Still kind of waking up from that uh, snooze fest. Well, it was electrifying to watch Lamar Jackson. It's fun to watch him, but it's not fun to watch this week four preseason Jets defense or this offensive line, but a lot of numbers to talk about, and Sam Darnold did play pretty well, I think. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of lost the context of this game, the situation he's playing in, and... kind of got a little too hard on him for a few of his mistakes and overlooked some of the great plays that he made uh, in this game. So I think he played pretty well. I think it was another good game and uh, a growing stretch of solid games for him and uh, a lot to talk about with Darnold uh, after that game.
2: I think the big issue with Sam Darnold to this point, Michael, has been consistency because, as you said, you see the big plays and you see the times where he looks like that guy that everybody expects him to be, that top five to top ten quarterback. But then there are times where, and you mentioned in a specific example when we were talking before we started recording, on a third down he had Vincent Smith wide open for an easy first down and instead he was looking for a deep pass. And that's the kind of thing that he's got to change. Situational awareness is big. I think it's one thing to go looking for the big play on a first or second down instead of settling for that easy first down. On a third down you've got to take that first down and keep the chains moving. I think there are a lot of times when he needs to realize that that's the smart play as opposed to taking the riskier throw and you don't want to curb the riskier decisions sometimes because the great quarterbacks make them a lot. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some quarterbacks that play safe and are still great, but for the most part, the great ones are the ones that aren't afraid to take the chances, so you want him to take chances, but you also need him to understand that balance and grasp when to take the chance and when not to. I think that's probably the biggest problem, and that, to me, is what I saw as his biggest issue in the game against Baltimore. I thought that If he had taken a few more layups, they might have covered the spread, which Michael, to be honest, down the stretch of the game, I think that was probably the most compelling storyline.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they put up more points than I think I definitely expected. I mean, they got, they only put up six against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. So, uh, and like, we're going to talk about more when you uh, look at the performances that young quarterbacks have generally had in Baltimore, uh, since they, since they really started their dynasty back in 2000, it's pretty much been like playing in Foxborough. Right? Most people are aware of how hard it is for young quarterbacks to be successful there playing up in new England, but Baltimore is pretty much the same way, maybe even more difficult. Uh, so it was a good performance, all things considered, I thought, but like you said, there are things like that uh, where he can be better. It's just because um, I think we attach styles to quarterbacks a lot. You know, some guys are Alex Smith where they're going to check it down. Some guys like Darnold's kind of trending towards like a Brett Favre, or Tony Romo, or just more aggressive and they want to, uh, to get the absolute most out of every play. And we see that out of Darnold a lot. That play against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago where, you know, he had 15 yards of free grass in a first down ahead of him, but he decided to chuck it up downfield to Robbie. It worked out. They got the 30-plus yard gain because Robbie made a great catch, and it was a great throw. But uh, situations like that where for every one play like that, you know, you could be, you know, over the course of 10 plays, you get that one bomb, but you could be leaving some first downs on the field. Uh, trying to get some deep shots instead of just taking a checkdown or just you know scrambling for the few yards for the first down. And there were some situations like that where there were checkdowns available. And also against uh, in the previous game against the Dolphins, there were some situations where there were you know a scramble available or a short pass. Uh, but he keeps uh, always kept his eyes looking downfield, which is not the worst thing because as much as you want to see like that you know clear and obvious production like seven yard rushing first down or seven yard pass for first down, uh, it's good to. If you're doing that too much, you could be leaving a lot of yardage, a lot of production on the field. And Darnold, what he does a great job of is making sure he's not passing up on the highest upside option. He's going to keep his eyes downfield. Uh, He's always going to make sure that uh, whatever the best, highest potential option throw is available, he's going to make sure that's completely shut down before he passes on it. And a lot of times you get plays like you got against the Raiders with Robbie Anderson, and like we've seen countless times, of him just scrambling outside the pocket and making something happen when a lot of other guys would throw it away or scramble. We've seen tons of that, but there are also examples when, you know, he's trying something that he probably shouldn't be trying uh, when there's an easier conversion available. So it's all about balancing that. As much as you want to see him be a gunslinger and as much as you don't want to see him be a checkdown artist, uh, you just got to find that, that, that healthy balance. And there are times where uh, if there's a free wide open first down right in front of you on a check down or a scramble. You have to take that. Uh, When those are wide open and you don't have, you know, a really good or, you know, at least a solid chance at those deep throws, you got to take those free, especially in third down situations like there were a couple last night against Baltimore. You got to take those more often, and that's something he can be better with. Uh, And he's shown improvement, but, you know, this was a problem last year, and now we're seeing a little bit this year. So I think that's one of the things – he can definitely uh, definitely be better at and one of the few, one of the skills that he definitely needs to perfect if he's going to fulfill his potential and you know become an elite quarterback because we're seeing him you know consistently play at a solid level now and you know like we talked about a lot he hasn't he hasn't really held the Jets back there haven't been games where you know like we see with you know Mitchell Trubisky is a good example to, uh, today present day Marcus Mariota who's now on the bench with the Jets Geno Smith Bryce Petty Mark Sanchez these games where you know the defense plays well holds the opponent under 20 points the protection's fine he had, they're playing with good receivers or you know the circumstances are good and then the Jets or whoever the team is loses a game just because you know Trubisky Mariota just check the ball down all day are inaccurate can't move the football that hasn't happened with Darnold when the circumstances have been good he's played really well produced at a high level and won at a pretty decent rate they did lose this game today with him be, uh, being sacked only one time but his record when uh, his protection has been good both In terms of sacks pressure rate is really solid and above uh, what most quarterbacks do with good protection he's been winning at a high level and producing at a high level and kept clean but it's when things aren't going perfect is when uh, he's not quite as good and he did play good in baltimore relative to what most young quarterbacks do in baltimore but still there are there are examples where you know just when things aren't going well you don't always have to get it all at once you can just you know get one first down get two first downs get some drives going and Uh, that ability to be willing to take the checkdowns and just balance out that uh, gunslinging, gunslinging mentality and the ability to move the chains is something he can perfect, uh, needs to perfect if he's going to reach that elite potential and become a guy who could uh, carry the Jets every single week regardless of who they're playing, where they're playing, how the offensive line is playing, because that's what elite quarterbacks do. And uh, if he's going to get to that point, being able to take these checkdowns, just being able to uh, destroy the other teams with a 1,000 paper cuts and not just one you know, giant slashers with the throw down the field, just being able to uh, manage those two things, balance out aggressiveness and conservativeness is really important. And any elite quarterback in the league is great at doing those things. They could beat your team just by throwing a bunch of dump offs, or they could beat your team uh, by going down the field all game. So being able to balance that is something uh, he can get better at. And we've seen some great examples of where he can improve over these past couple of weeks in that area.
2: Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is going to be a Sam Darnold-centric episode. We're going to do a lot of Sam Darnold positivity because I think we need to bring some context to what Sam Darnold has been doing. As I said before, there's been some ups and downs, some inconsistency. But as you just said, Michael, he's already shown that he's a guy... That is not going to hold the team back If you build a proper team around him He's going to be able to play well The question is going to be Does he get to that elite level Or is he somewhere stuck closer to the middle of the pack That's what we're going to find out Once the pieces around him start to filter in And we start to see if he's able to Get rid of some of these bad habits over time But it does look like we're going to at least see some stability At the quarterback position Something we haven't seen from the Jets in quite a long time and one of the seasons that I thought was one of the best seasons any quarterbacks ever had in a Jets uniform was 1998 Vinny Testaverde. That was the year that the Jets went to the AFC Championship game, led into the third quarter. Midway through the third quarter, they were up 10 nothing, and then it fell apart on the road in Denver. They ended up losing 23-10, to but Vinny Testaverde was tremendous that year, and Sam Darnold's got a streak going that harkens back to that 1998 season and Vinny Testaverde.
0: Yeah, so Baltimore now, this is seven games in a row, which Darnold has thrown for at least 218 yards, 218 yards being the low total of the streak, which he posted against the Ravens. But over his last seven games, at least 218 yards passing in each game and no more than one interception in any one of those games. So that's nothing amazing. It's just, you know, solid, consistent play, uh, moving the ball with consistency, never having really any down games which he's not moving it at all. So seven straight games with at least uh, 218 yards and no more than one interception. So, you know, keeping the interceptions down as well. So that's nothing amazing. But like you said, 1998, Vinny testaverdi This is tied for the longest streak. Uh, what Darnold has going right now, Vinny in 1998 is the only other Jets quarterback to ever have seven games in a row with at least 218 yards passing and zero or one interceptions. No more than one interception so again it's nothing amazing but you know this is competency and the Jets have not had that at quarterback you know in a long time since Chad Pennington since Vinny Testaverde you know half a season of Ryan Fitzpatrick maybe two games of Josh McCown so uh, again it's nothing incredible but there are 13 franchises in the league who have never had a quarterback go seven games in a row with uh, doing what Darnold's done these past seven games 218 yards passing and less than two interceptions so Long term, we hope Donald can be, you know, uh, his milestones be a lot better than that because, uh, you know, we're only looking at interceptions and yards here, which isn't, you know, the best way to sum up performance. But it's just a good way to put to put it into that context, knowing that only one Jets quarterback has ever done it. And it was the quarterback who led one of the best teams in franchise history, maybe the second best team in history, of this team and had one of the best quarterback seasons ever, Vinny, in that 1998 season. Uh, to know that's the only other guy who's in the history of this team who's ever been able to put together seven games in a row with just 218 yards passing and less than two interceptions, not a high bar to clear. Only one other guy's ever done that. Uh, it just goes to show that he's bringing competency to the table that the Jets really have never gotten. And it the fact that Darnold didn't do this last season and now that he's got, you know, since that rough stretch against New England, Miami, Jacksonville, he's got, got a good stretch going here. So... I think even though the numbers aren't overall substantially better than they were last season, I think he's definitely taken some steps. He had some down games early last season, uh, where he did, you know, really struggle in that game against Minnesota and the game against Jacksonville. Games where, you know, him playing poorly wasn't the reason they lost, but you know, it was definitely a part of it because he's really struggling. But that's not so much happening anymore. He's been pretty consistent not great in every single game not great against baltimore not great against miami but you know decent he's playing solidly on a consistent basis he's a lot of things he needs to improve if he's going to be above average if he's going to be elite the jets have to help him out a little bit more if he's going to get to that point but uh you know it's worth keeping in mind that he's the youngest week one starter ever and every step of the way he's going to be the youngest quarterback ever at his experience level he's uh, I believe 22 years and 190, I think 190 days old right now. This was his 24th start. He's the youngest quarterback ever to make his 24th start, so uh, he deserves as much patience as any quarterback ever really has, because no one's ever been as young as he is, and uh, especially now in a in an age where, and we've talked about this on this podcast, where we're we kind of we're a little bit less patient with quarterbacks because uh, some of the guys who have bursted onto the scene so explosively over these past few years, taking those big second-year leaps. uh, A few guys have raised the bar really high, but not enough players to where that really should be the norm. I think quarterbacks still deserve patience. And, you know, the decades upon decades of Super Bowl-winning MVP elite quarterbacks who have taken their time, taken a few years to really, um, you know, hit their stride. A lot of guys sat on the bench for a while. That doesn't really happen anymore. But there have been so many quarterbacks who have really taken their time to eventually get to that elite status. And I don't think, you know, a few guys being successful uh, like Wentz and, you know, Wentz now, and Wentz and Goff actually who have taken a step back this year. Uh, but Mahomes, Lamar Jackson now, Deshaun Watson, these guys who have busted out so quickly have raised the bar. But you look at the course of history, that's just not been the norm. And just because of, that's happened a few times recently, it shouldn't really uh, change what the expectation should be. And Darnold being as young as he is deserves – a lot of patience and his consistency, I think and reliability has taken a step up this season. Even if he hasn't hit the explosive high points with that much consistency, he's been reliable more consistently this season. I think he was uh, last season, but he's actually picked up, you know, where he left off those last four games really before he went out last season in 2018. That's when he was really, you know, had a few bad games that won against Miami. Although Spencer long couldn't snap the ball in that game. Uh, He had the one against Minnesota, Jacksonville, Cleveland. He had some tough games early last season, but he finished strong. And I think he really has picked that up this season, even though the numbers aren't really there to show for it. And again, is he elite yet? No, he's not there and he has things to improve. But uh, I think he's really reached a level of stability and consistency. The Jets have not had out of a quarterback, probably since, you know, Chad Pennington, or if you want to include Fitzpatrick's 2015 season, although he was carried by Decker and Marshall that season, but, Independent of that, I really think Darnold's hit just a level of consistency that they haven't seen in a long time. And there are things he can get better at to be good, to be above average, to be elite. And the Jets can help him get there with a better supporting cast. But in terms of what he's doing, I just think he's really hitting a stretch of competency and reliability that the Jets have really been searching for for a very long time. And it, it's not the most, he's not doing the most incredible things in the world right now, but he is. Uh, he's been stable and I think that is Really valuable and you can win with the quarterback Like that but uh, hopefully He can get to that next take that next Step be elite it's going to take a Lot of work from Joe Douglas to build around him And allow that to happen but uh, He's Darnold I think he's taking a step Forward this season we've got to be patient with him He's as young as anyone has ever Been at this stage always will that will always Be the case with him but he's, he's Making nice strides and he's keeping the Ball safe obviously had two turnovers In this game but still you look at Uh, The season on the whole, outside that Patriots game, he's kept it relatively safe, much safer than last season. So, listen, I think he's just being – I think he's taking some steps. They might not be too obvious in terms of the production, in terms of the highlight tape or anything like that, but I really think he's progressed. And showing us that he can be – he's the type of – at least the quarterback you can win games with who won't hold you back and is just reliable on a consistent level. I think he's definitely –
1: named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers and a 100% money back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME.
3: Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on everything. One of them keep up with all the transfers in college basketball and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Michael, since you brought up Sam Darnold's age, let's get into some statistics that put in context just how well he's done in some areas at such a young age. There are a couple that you have here. One of them puts him in the company of a future Hall of Famer and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Talk to me about this. He is so young, and people forget that at times, but when you really break down the numbers in the context of age, you see some really encouraging things.
0: Yeah, and and like I was talking about earlier, Baltimore has not been a kind place to visiting young quarterbacks. 21 quarterbacks age 23 or or younger have played as a visitor in Baltimore since 2000, which is when they won the Super Bowl and. Uh, the first of uh, going on two decades now of mostly very competitive season. So since 2000, 21 visiting quarterbacks under the age or 23 or younger have thrown at least 15 passes in Baltimore, only three of them threw at least two touchdown passes and averaged over six yards per pass play. So that's including sack yardage. Uh, those three quarterbacks Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, Baker Mayfield last season and Sam Darnold uh, this past Thursday night against the Ravens. So again, not, the highest bar in the world, but when you compare it to uh people who are, you know, playing under similar circumstances, young guys at the elite Raven consistently elite Ravens defense. Not a lot of guys have even been decent against them, but Darnold was one of them. And the guys he's in company with, Baker Mayfield, who again, another guy who's had a less than stellar second season, but his career's not over. He had a very promising rookie season. And Ben roethlisberger who's won a Super Bowl and been Uh, one of the best quarterbacks of the past decade and a half. So good company there. And, you know, Darnold averaged 6.3 net yards per attempt in this game against the Ravens. And, again, that includes sack yardage, which is pretty much equal with a slightly very small uh, amount below the league average this season. And, you know, considering what other young quarterbacks have done in Baltimore, uh, those 23 and younger quarterbacks in Baltimore since 2000 have averaged 47 net yards per tent, which is significantly worse and a very bad mark. Uh, So for Darnold to be a league average in that situation is definitely way above what we've expected from young quarterbacks playing in Baltimore. And also, Darnold and Roethlisberger are the only quarterbacks under 23 years old, so 22 or younger quarterbacks, to throw two touchdown passes as a Baltimore visitor since 2000. And six other 22 or younger quarterbacks have visited Baltimore and and thrown at least 15 passes, Since 2000, those six guys combined to throw one touchdown pass. So, Darnold and Roethlisberger throwing two each. Every other 22 or younger quarterback to visit there combined to throw only one. So, once again, just good company for Darnold with Ben Roethlisberger as a a couple of guys who at a young age went into Baltimore and played decently. And I think this context is important because uh, it really you have to include context with anything really. And you just this is a pretty decent sample size, and there are good quarterbacks in here. Aaron Rodgers played there. Eli Manning played there. Uh, Carson Wentz again. Roethlisberger. Kyler Murray played there this year. A number, another number one pick. There have been good quarterbacks to play there, and uh, you know, early in their careers, and none of them have really been successful. None of these guys even posted a 95 passer rating against the Ravens. Darnold had uh, 85.7, I believe, last night. So it's just an extremely hard place to play, and you have to keep that in mind. So when you consider. That Darnold was, you know, nearly average in this game, uh, in uh, a passing era and a season where passing numbers are really at an all-time high. The fact that he was, you know, close to leave it, league average with his production and much more uh, respectable than pretty much every other young quarterback has been to go there. It, uh, it definitely, when you add that context, really kind of showcases that. You know, he was pretty solid in that game last night, uh, even despite the fumble, despite the interception, despite the blowout loss. When you add the context in, it really helps you uh, understand just really, un- yeah, really understand how good or bad uh, something is. And so, in this case, when you consider just how difficult playing in Baltimore has been for young quarterbacks, it really helps you understand that Darnold played a, a pretty solid game, all things considered.
2: Michael, in the vein of competing against Baltimore, I think a lot of people don't realize just how difficult it has been to get touchdowns against that team in Baltimore. It's only happened five times this season, and two of those five times were from the arm of Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people have forgotten how good this Ravens defense is because of the spotlight, you know, being taken by Lamar Jackson, how incredible he is and that entire offense, but the Ravens have only given up five touchdown passes at home this season, uh, and going into last night, they only given up three. Tom Brady had one, Jimmy Garoppolo had one, Baker Mayfield had one, and then the other three quarterbacks they faced, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Andy Dalton, those three guys, none of them threw touchdown pass, and then Donald comes in and doubles up everybody, throws two touchdown passes. So, uh, again, when you add that context, it really helps you understand uh, just how impressive or not impressive uh, something that a player accomplishes is, and so when you consider the difficulty of what Darnold was facing playing in Baltimore, it, uh, it was a decent performance uh, when you consider that. So obviously there are some things just you know when you take all that out and you just you're just looking at it from a football standpoint, you know, missing a checkdown or uh, the interception he threw to Brown, which Gase said afterward was on Sam Darnold. So if that's right, definitely was an intercept or a mistake on his part. It's hard for us to really. Uh, with interceptions like that. No, if it's on the quarterback or on the tight end. But uh, when you take out that context and look at things like that, then, yeah, there are some things that Darnold can do better because, you know, it doesn't really matter where you're playing. You should be able uh, to hit a check down pass when it's there. You should be able to be on the same page as your receiver and not their interception. So those are things independent of the circumstances, the situation, the stadium, the opponent. But overall, when you look at the body of work and you consider who they're playing, where they're playing them, And, you know, Darnold being as young as he is playing in that situation, it's most guys have not been able to be that productive uh, in that situation. And the guys who have have generally gone on to be pretty good or are on their way to being, in the case of Mayfield, on their way to potentially having a good career. But in the case of Roethlisberger, did have a good career. So uh, when you add that context, it definitely makes his production look, uh, you know, above average, more than you would expect from everybody. And pretty good, even though it, you know, on the surface looks pretty, you know, just mediocre or below average but when you add the context it seems pretty good but still there are some things uh, that you saw in this game that regardless of who you're playing he needs to uh, fix up and those are the things that if he can you know improve at getting the turnovers down taking those check downs more often uh, his deep accuracy things like that a uh, throwing while being hit in the pocket those are the four things to me really that I think with him that uh, if he can improve he can definitely take that fulfills potential and be Uh, really rise into the upper ranks of the league and being a league quarterback. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. Those are things that, you know, when you're watching the tape, just watching him play that, you know, he can be better with. But still the body of work in Baltimore was pretty impressive.
2: Michael, there is a guy named Sean Marash who I had never heard of. He's a producer for WFAN and for CBS Sports Radio. And he tweeted out something that needed to be checked and checked good by the resident stat nerd for pretty much every Jets site there is, Mr. Michael Nanny, and I'm glad that you took care of this, because he tweeted out, I have no idea what the ceiling is for Daniel Jones, but I am confident he is already better than Sam Darnold. He followed this up with, Jones already is a more accurate passer, a better deep ball thrower, better mobility. Both have had turnover troubles. Both can point to their putrid offensive lines as to why Darnold also has the better coach. That one cracked me up, too, because obviously nobody's going to be sitting here telling you that Pat Shermer is a great coach. But the idea that Sam Darnold has some huge coaching advantage because he's got Adam Gase is hysterical. And then Marash also said, What I've learned from the tweet and the responses to it are that Jets fans haven't watched Daniel Jones objectively and don't understand both quarterbacks have top 10 potential in the league. One has less experience and is doing the little things much better with a worse coach. All of those things are ridiculous, and you proved why, so let's get into it. As far as I can tell, Sam Darnold's been better than Daniel Jones at literally every metric that he just mentioned, thus defeating his own argument.
0: Yeah, usually I don't respond to, when I see nonsense like this, I just ignore it, but this was just too golden of an opportunity because literally every single thing that was written here was wrong, and honestly, I would probably have never seen this if someone didn't you know, tag me in the first place, but I saw it. it was a golden opportunity to just use the numbers to absolutely bring the hammer down. And it was pretty successful, I think. But if you look at some of the things he said here, so Jones is more accurate. Well, adjusted completion percentage, which accounts for throwaways, drops, hit his thrown, batted, uh, batted passes, counts for all those things. Darnold is 17th out of 39. Jones is 27th. Uh, he says Jones is better deep passer. Darnold has a 77 passer rating on 20 plus yard throws downfield. Jones has 69 Darnold nine yards per attempt Jones, 8.3 and a nine and 8.3 difference in yards per attempt. 0.7 is pretty large. You're talking about uh, with standard yards per attempt, that'd be the difference between league average and uh, top five, top 10 range. So pretty significant difference there on the deep yards per attempt Uh, says that uh, both have turnover troubles. Well, yes, Darnold does. He's averaging 1.25 1.25 of those per game over his career. That's pace for 20 per 16 games, but not even close to what Jones has been doing. He's averaging 1.91 per game in his career. That's pace for 31 over 16 games, which is absolutely ridiculous. Says their offensive line struggles are similar. Well, uh, pro football-focused pass block grade has the Giants' 19th, Jets' 27th, adjusted sack percentage of football outsiders, Jets' 30th, Giants' 20th, So, about a 10-spot difference there. Uh, So, yeah, really across the board. And, yeah, the coach thing. And, like you said, no one is really claiming that Pat Shermer is this amazing coach either. But, really, just you look at the body of work of him versus Adam Gase. He is uh, better than Adam Gase, like most people are. You look at the average scoring ranking of the offenses they've led since Gase's first year as offensive coordinator in 2013. Uh, Gase's average scoring ranking, 18th. Shermer uh, Shermer, 13th. So, about five spots better on average and Gase plays with Peyton Manning or uh, coach Peyton Manning in two of those seasons. If you take Peyton Manning out of the picture, Gase's average scoring ranking has been 25th versus uh, Shermer's 14th. So huge difference there and their average ranking and point differential as a head coach, Gase 27th, Shermer 24th. So again, Shermer is no legendary coach, but I mean, he's just, uh, clearly his body of work is better than Adam Gase, and again, Shermer's not a good coach either. He's very bad. But uh, to really uh, say that Adam Gase is a better coach than anybody is just very a really preposterous thing uh, to claim. There's absolutely nothing he's done as a head coach. Or I mean, you can give his uh, give him his offensive coordinator production in Denver. Uh, I guess you can give him that, even though he's coaching uh, arguably one of the top three quarterbacks of all time. But you know, outside of that, it's just been A really very very uninspiring uh, production for him the only thing that has been his uh, the only thing that saved him is a ridiculous record in close games in Miami that got into the playoffs one year but uh, now the quarterback was supposedly holding Gase's offense back in Miami Ryan Tannehill he's gone on to Tennessee transformed that entire team been one of the best quarterbacks in the league since he's taken over and Tennessee's giving him help those receivers are playing great Derrick Henry's playing great that O-line they're giving him help but Tannehill is just playing really well and producing at an extremely high level throwing the ball great Uh, he's just been an elite quarterback for the Titans this year so um, that was not the case in Miami so you can't really give him the excuse of the quarterbacks anymore so uh, just to suggest that Adam Gase is any sort of an asset for Darnold or an advantage over any other quarterback in their coach in the league is completely ridiculous, but uh, overall this was uh, something I don't do a lot. I don't like to call out stupid takes. I like to just leave them alone, not give them attention, but this was a golden opportunity to just prove an entire paragraph of wrong points, uh, <laughs> just take an entire paragraph, uh, paragraph of ridiculous takes and prove each one wrong point by point.
3: Play like a Jet. Play like a
2: Jet. Michael, you brought up Ryan Tannehill playing like an elite quarterback, and certainly Lamar Jackson has played like an elite quarterback here in his second season in the NFL. Everybody in the league has had trouble stopping Lamar Jackson and this Ravens rushing attack. The Jets, it was thought, might be a little bit different because they have such an elite run defense. However, they were missing a key piece. Quentin Williams was out with an injury. He had suffered that stinger in his neck in the previous game against Miami. How much that affected this performance by the Jets, we can only speculate. But what we can say is that this Jets elite run-stuffing defense did none of that against the Ravens. They got run all over by both Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. This was a showcase for what the Ravens do well And it showed you how good they are at it because, as we said, if you looked at the trends with this Jets run defense over the rest of the season, they were at a historical pace in terms of stopping the run, and they just got destroyed.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Jets were missing Quinn and Williams, and you look at the talent that was on the field in that game, not very inspiring, but the production is what it is. The Jets have shut down everybody in the run game this season, but the Ravens just ran all over them and you know lamar jackson is his own thing he's unstoppable no one's had an answer for him so you knew he was going to go off but the jets also couldn't stop their backfield they gave up uh mark ingram ran for 76 yards on 13 carries that's 5.8 yards per carry it's the first time all season the jets have allowed the opponents lead back to average over five yards per carry so uh, the fact that they couldn't defend that either was, and obviously Jackson has an impact on that, you know, just his ability to hold guys on the edge, uh, force defenders to respect what he's going to do, and that opens up space in the middle. But I do think the Jets missed Quinn and Williams in this game. Now, would he have completely turned these numbers upside down with just his presence alone? Probably not. This is the best rushing team in NFL history, so I don't think uh, him alone would have been able to do that. But the defense, really the defense against... Uh, the running backs, because Gus, Ed, Gus Edwards was great, too. If you combine him with Mark Ingram, they had 111 yards on 18 carries. at 6.2 yards per carry. And the running backs just have not done that to the Jets this year. And Quinton Williams has missed some games. Uh, Henry Anderson, I, I believe Henry Anderson missed some games. They don't have Leonard Williams anymore. So, you know, Jordan Jenkins missed some games. There have been injuries to this unit, but they've been consistently very, very good. All season, linebackers have been banged up. Haven't had Mosley or Williamson all year, but the Jets have shut down everybody regardless, and they've played some good running backs. They shut down Josh Jacobs. They shut down Saquon Barkley. Uh, They did a really good job against Ezekiel Elliott, but, uh, and again, none of these groups are even close to the level of the Ravens, but uh, they were shredded in this game, and it's just a testament to how amazing the Ravens are. Uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't win the Super Bowl. Just how dominant they are, and I, that's not the hottest of takes, but they are just ridiculous. And this run game shredding uh, the best def- run defense competition that they could have faced this year with absolutely no issue is just just another sign of how great they are. Uh, you know, really overall offensively, but especially on the ground, and you know they're able to play off of that to be so great. Uh, through the air. But uh, Quinton Williams, I definitely think if he played, it would have been a great test for him because obviously they have such a great offensive line. Even their tight ends are just, you know, basically three more offensive linemen that are out there. Uh, They have a good fullback as well in Ricard. So a really stacked front of blockers that would have been a good test for Quinton Williams. But the Jets do play the Steelers and the Bills over these final two games. Two teams that do have uh, offensive lines that have played well this season. Those should be good tests for him because he, Williams was playing really well over those uh, last couple games uh, before he went out. Obviously, the Bengals and Dolphins, two of the worst offensive lines in the league, but he was doing what you would like to see him do against those teams, dominating with consistency. The stats didn't show it. you know. There are people out there who uh, absolutely know nothing about football and they are claiming that he's playing bad because you know he had two tackles or no sacks or whatever, but you look at the tape, you look at the plays he was making, actually pay attention to what he's doing. He made a ton of impact plays, both as a pass rusher and a run defense, You know, creating penetration to allow stuff for other people, creating pressures that led to you know force the quarterback to throw the ball away, leading to a punt, taking away potential 20-plus yard pass, a pressure that led to an interception opportunity for Brian Poole, a pressure that led to a red zone stop, uh, a hit that led to an incompletion in the red zone. Just tons of impact plays that uh, tackles are not going to tell you anything about and are going to lead to people in the media who don't actually watch or know about football saying he's playing bad, but if you actually focus on what he's doing snap by snap, and even against Miami, he only played 19 snaps, made a bunch of impact plays. Uh, If you focus on what he's been doing, he's been playing really well. So the Jets did miss him in this game. Would he have turned everything around on his own? Uh, Probably not, but I mean, the Jets have had some holes in run defense when he's been out. In the first game against New England, they really struggled on the ground. Quinn Williams didn't play in that game. They were pretty good against the Browns uh, the first game Quinn and Williams missed, but they did allow, uh, I think, their longest touchdown this season uh, to Nick Chubb. And then now this game against Baltimore, they get completely shredded. So I don't think he would change everything on his own, but they clearly missed him, uh, particularly with the run, uh, the rushes up the middle, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. Uh, those guys had their way, and we haven't seen that this season against the Jets. But uh, Quinn and Williams has been playing really well, so I'm looking forward to him. Uh, coming back and that's not we have we didn't have not gotten a chance to talk about that Miami game on here you know with the short week with Thursday night football but Quinn and Williams had a second straight really solid game against Miami and again two bad offensive lines but and we talked about this with Darnold when he was having that you know ridiculous stretch of production a few weeks ago just because the competition is bad you still want to see player you know see your guys clear that bar and prove that they can dominate that competition because if they're you know not do- not dominating that competition, then you have something to worry about. But uh, Darnold did that a few weeks ago, had his great stretch against bad teams, and then even when the numbers weren't there, he was playing really well. And Quentin Williams is doing the same thing. The numbers aren't there, but uh, these past couple games, he has been playing, making a lot of noise, really contributing well. So the Jets missed him against the Ravens, and hopefully he can get healthy Ah, uh, for a couple of tests against two really good offensive lines in Pittsburgh and Buffalo,
2: Michael. It's that time—time time to talk about that crazy little stat service that we call Pro Football Focus. So we must ask the question, as we do every week. What you
0: talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about?
2: What you talking about? PFF. What do you got this week, Michael?
0: <laughs> All right. So I, I think there are some good ones here. So you look at the raw stats tracked by PFF themselves. Darnold had a 50. He took pressure on 50% of his dropbacks in this game, which is absolutely horrible. The season average is 42%. That's second worst in the league. And so for him to take 50% in the game, that's very, very bad. And, uh, yes, Darnold was you know scrambling quite a bit, and you know they had some bootlegs. That probably creates some pressures that were just natural, not the fault of the blockers, but 50% is still horrible. And to, to put into perspective, Darnold's average time to throw in this game was, I believe, 2.99 seconds, which is pretty long. The average is about uh, 2.6, so he definitely had some time to throw in this game. Lamar Jackson had about 3.2 seconds to throw in this game, and his pressure rate was about 30% which is very, very good. So that goes to show uh, just two night and day offensive lines next to each other. Uh, one line that's giving a quarterback a lot of time to throw and not allowing a lot of heat, and another that is allowing a ton of heat and uh, you know giving them a decent amount of time to throw, mostly because of the rollouts, but still a ridiculous amount of pressure. 50% is very high. But with all that being said, despite the very high pressure rate Pro Football Focus gave the Jets a lot of really good pass-blocking grades in this game. Kelvin Beecham, Alex Lewis, Tom Compton, Brandon shell all those guys got really good pass-blocking grades in this game, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you consider that Darnold was taking so much heat in this entire game. I know he only got sacked once, but uh, the heat was there the entire game. So that was really kind of questionable, I think, with the amount of uh, good grades they gave out in pass-blocking. But, yeah, I think that would be the top thing. Um, to actually have numbers that say, you know, he's taking a fair way too much heat, way too much pressure, but to still kind of say that a lot of different players are pass blocking really well seems like a, a dubious thing to suggest.
2: As always, thanks to PFF for their absurd grades, because if Michael and I couldn't make fun of them, then we couldn't bring you this entertaining segment at the end of the show every week. So thanks, PFF, for being mildly absurd. And Michael, thanks to you for coming on for another great edition of Chronicles of Nannia. Looking forward to next week, and we're going to have plenty to talk about because the Jets are playing the Steelers coming up this Sunday. And if you want an opportunity to go to the game, it's right back here in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. You can download the Vivid Seats mobile app right now and get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase, which could be those Steelers-Jets tickets, when you use the promo code OVERTIME. And if you don't want to go to that game but you still want to use the promo code for tickets to something else, you can do that too. Go see a basketball game, a hockey game, a wrestling match, a boxing match, a concert. Whatever you want to go see, you can do it over on the Vivid Seats mobile app. Just use the promo code OVERTIME, and you'll get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Michael, as we head into that game against the Steelers, I know you've got a ton of written work that's available for people to read, so why don't you go ahead and let them know what you got cooking.
0: Yeah, I tweet out pretty much all my links on Twitter, at Michael underscore Nanny, so uh yeah, just keeping up with the week by week right now. I've been doing a lot of weekly re- uh, recaps at Elite Sports New York, at Gangry Nation, Jets Insider. Um, lots of a lot of the same stuff we talked about on here. So uh yeah, I'll tweet out pretty much all of that uh whenever it comes out. But um I'm looking forward to these last two games and just seeing how Darnold finishes it out. I think he's on a really solid stretch right now. Not not an amazing stretch, but I think a stretch of consistency that is easily the longest. Of his career to date and I'm interested to see If he can keep this up against two more Really good defenses with the Steelers
2: and Bills Go ahead and follow Michael On Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. read his work in All the places that it's published and for the Latest and greatest the New York Jets podcast You know where to go that's turn on the Jets digital And turn on the Jets dot com